Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is May 17th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! I'm doing great. It is uh it's PGA Championship week. Also it's the regionals. I'm all pumped up. I'm back home. I'm uh I'm excited. I'm just uh I'm like eagerly anticipating golf. I'm I you know, major championships are awesome. I I don't know if that's news, but they are. And I like <laughs> hot take. I I honestly am just excited. I think this one has sort of snuck up on us. I wouldn't say, you know, uh, um, come out of nowhere. You know, we released our preview video. It's been humming. The demand for that, demand for some of the articles and uh, podcasts has been high. But, like, look, like, personally, I think we've been very excited about LACC for different reasons, the U.S. Open, and with these majors getting stacked on top of each other in the way that they are. Um I, I don't know. It's just sort of crept in. And I found the week to be uh, not boring, but it's not certainly not as explosive so far. I, I thought much was made of Roy McIlroy's press conference. Much was made of Seth Waugh's press I didn't think there was like a lot there. I just don't think like there's been a, there's nothing like the big drama is Jordan Spieth's injury, I suppose. But it's kind of snuck up on us. Not that to say that it's, it's um, been boring or it's been unimpressive. I think it probably portends uh, something amazing. It feels like something it's going to I'm very excited. It feels like it's going to be an awesome, some something awesome is going to happen. Great players will rise to the top and uh, I'm really pumped. And obviously if you have not done so uh, you want a course profile, a course preview, an outline, a primer, uh, check out our YouTube video, the fried egg YouTube. Everybody's checked that out. I've also committed to Meg. We have some Ross Corn t-shirts, Donald Ross slash Acorn, little, little uh, combi- combined words there, Ross Corn, uh, really good design, good t-shirts, a few of those left in the Fried Egg Pro Shop. So, hey, I wanted those are a few I had an important question, and I almost forgot it at yes. the top, while we're at the top here. Get us warmed up here. I know you're a man of distinct- we're already warmed up. Distinct food tastes. You have, uh, you have just such a sophisticated palate. You don't like rotisserie chicken. You don't like bananas, you know. You there, there's so many foods you hate. That you, makes me unsophisticated love, because I don't like bananas or rotisserie chicken. You were craving kava in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So I I gotta kick it to you. The question that I've been most excited to ask you in the days leading up to this tournament. Wegmans, what, what are you asking you, me? Would you eat uh, a garbage plate? I don't know what it is. I'm, All right, I've got it pulled. So I got it pulled. I've got it pulled up. Times. I thought you might say that, so I, I, I prepared. I will say, Wegman's this crown jewel of Rochester and North, uh, upstate New York is not that good. It's just not that. <laughs> it's like a place to prepare foods. It's like for people who love rotisserie chicken, love Re- Wegman's. Like that's the kind of place I we've had it down here. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, all the hype is just not, it's kind of unjustified, but I'm sure it's a civic sort of thing they love and I can appreciate This is is what I was looking for. These types of takes, you know, somebody that's not afraid to go out on a limb and say something (laughs) might suck. All right. And that's Garb- it sucks. Garbage, it just doesn't live up to the hype. Garbage plate. Go ahead. Here's a traditional garbage, garbage plate is your choice of cheeseburger, hamburger, white or red hots, which is hot dogs effectively. Um, yeah. Italian sausage, chicken, or grilled cheese served on top of any combination of home fries, French fries, baked beans, and or macaroni salad. Oh, that part sounds disgusting. <laughs> the macaroni and salad. Not that it was like great before, <laughs> but really bad there at the end. Um, it's fine. That sounds that sounds palatable enough. A lot of protein in there, <laughs> you know. A lot. lot a lot of protein. Uh, that sounds good. That sounds not bad. You, I would be. You know what I'd pay for? What I would pay for 
is is them to have this in player dining. And see guys pushing stuff around, a camera dedicated to seeing who who takes the bait and and goes to the garbage plate before their major championship round. That I would pay a lot of money for a dedicated camera and player dining of a garbage plate like potential see which players grab it. Who do you think would grab it? Uh I, that'd be a pace of play situation. Just be sprinting to the Porta Johns like all day. Like, you know, Kepka did nine visits to just to kind of kill time. That would not be a killing time situation. Um, who would go for one? I mean, naturally, the septic tank, that's where that goes. I mean, the septic tank is just going at that play, right? I love the Burley boy. They put Bobby Mack and Septic Tank in it. We'll do tea times later, but I'm really into well, that. Well, I one. was curious about uh, that one. If if Bobby Mack's going to be reading up on Georgia football, so he's got something to talk to those Georgia boys. Oh yeah, because they're Harris English. Let's try. <laughs> Who do you think's going for that garbage plate in player dining before you go out? <laughs> uh, granted, it's not August. I understand. Like it's it's at least a little bit, but that just seems like a bad idea before you go marching around the golf course for five and a half hours. Um, I would. I I think there are some candidates. I think there's some guys that would that would go for it. I think. Uh, I get. I mean, I could see Rochester native uh, Rory McIlroy going for it since he's <laughs> he's got to oblige the home his hometown fans. I uh, oh, I cannot God. wait for that storyline to set in. I can. We can. Oh, we can only hope set in and been killed. Dead, dead horse. Go ahead. We what? can only hope that he's in the mix so that that becomes the dominant storyline of the weekend. Is Rory coming home? I think if you read between the lines, he had, he hadn't played Oak Hill since the renovation. He was very polite. He was very polite. Uh, but the local writers report of uh, radio guys, there was somebody named DJ Backspin with the radio station. There was, you know, local news, but all my friends with local news, of course, they were, he was polite about it. I, I understand he's played, he's played 27 holes there in a decade from what I understand or something around that, like less than 36 holes in, in over 10 years, about 10 years. Um, that, that story needs to die. That narrative is just being was hammered on Tuesday. Uh, this is like early, early internet days of Jerome Bettis is from Detroit when the Detroit Super Bowl was the Super Bowl's in Detroit and the Steelers were looking good. And they're like, well, the Steelers got to get there because Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. And they just hammered that every 10 minutes on every NFL game for that whole season. Uh, that this just needs to stop. It's not a hometown deal. He's been there more than most, but it's not his hometown. And he politely declined to sort of buy into that narrative on Tuesday. You think he would go for one? Who else wants a garbage plate? You think Husky boy? <laughs> I mean, the, we call him Husky boy for a reason. If you don't know the backstory, that's what they called him in this article and why he took up golf, but he's not that Husky anymore, but perhaps he does. He's, it sounds like he's really into his appearance and, you know, talks about, he wants to be the sexiest golfer. He could go for one. What though, about right. Tom Kim? Um, yeah, I could see that sort of the young and experienced guy just filling his gut before he's <laughs> just piling food. Like, what was that? Who did we see Lucas Herbert eating like a 2,000 calorie cheeseburger before at 8 a.m., 7 a.m. tea time at Kiowa a couple of years? Uh, yeah, I could see that. Too young to know what he put, just just crushing himself. Like Monty, housing custard at Wentworth. In this is, it's why it has to happen. They have to put the, put the garbage plate out there, see what happens. Okay, for the content. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. This is our little like gnomes talk for our preview issue is the garbage plate talk um all right should we get to i don't know you want to do a couple field notes uh uh the big question is speed he's got a wrist injury uh it seems like whether he was healthy or not he he doesn't seem like a a prime option this week and i just why why he's a superstar he should be a prime prime option every week I just don't think it fits his game well. And there's about 20 guys that are really, really good that it fits better. Um, oh, so, I do love so, the amateur analysis of, oh, the swing looked great on the range today. He didn't wince once. Like, so that's, you know, we got these amateur swinging out. So. Can I put a referendum on what we call superstar? Can we just put a referendum on star player? Like golf? Yeah, go for I it. I mean, like, 
in real talk, there's like, you know, everybody's a star player. It's like everybody. It's the guy guys get to the top 20 and they become stars. And it's such bullshit. They shouldn't be deemed star players. You have to do something to receive the word star. And I'm not saying Spieth hasn't done stuff, but like we need a referee. Yeah, this on. is like when like a one-time all-star in the NBA be called a superstar. Like, can we just like I mean like who, so who is on who is who has a moniker? Who is mislabeled as a star? Who, let's take somebody down a peg. Uh, who who do you think is getting un Fair star treatment, getting star calls when he's just a role player. Victor Hovland. Anyone you want to pop? <laughs> I love him. I love okay. Victor Hovland. But like, what has he What's done? What's he won? Like what twice is, at yeah. Mayakoba? What has he done? <laughs> Why is he a star? Yeah. Like in in yep. in the spectrum of stars, let's talk about... I, and what got me thinking about this is you asked the question, like, what star player is going to bomb out for our, our, fr- our newsletter. fried egg newsletter? And I like, you know, you could totally cop out and you could be like, hey, Matt Fitzpatrick's going to bomb out. But it like when I was thinking about that, it's like, is he really a star player? Um, No, I, I would say probably not. So it's a, it's a high. I mean, Phil Mickelson is a star player. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. If we're going by the OWGR or whatever, no. But Phil Mickelson is a superstar. Is he a superstar though? Yes, 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 yes. But he's like not unequivocally. He's a superstar off the course, more so than he is on the course at this point. In any other sport, okay, you have to maintain a certain level of of play to be deemed a superstar. Like Dwayne Wade, is Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Well, Dwayne Wade at the end of his career wasn't a superstar okay. anymore, right? Okay. Nobody was like, you. "Oh, he's yeah. a superstar." Oh yeah, he's like, he was a superstar. But I think we need to have a referendum on the superstar golfer. And it, right now, I'm I'm ready to give like five guys the superstar t- tag. What are they? Who are they? Scotty, Rom, Rory. I, I kind of think you give Morikawa one. Okay. And uh, Brooks. Okay. Seems very manufactured. Like they're manufacturing to be a star. The, that Netflix episode. For I sure. know. Not, but not saying he isn't, but they're just really th- pushing that narrative. I think the resume works. Yeah, totally. I'm not saying it's unjustified. Brooks, you would not put speed. I mean, no, I, I don't want to go down this. this such a first I don't want to go debate. down this road <laughs> this is, again. Yeah. But he hasn't the done anything bothered- for me in five years. I can't. Okay. Six. We're like, what, six years? 2017. Burkdale, I guess, is probably what you're referring to. The one that drives me crazy is Big Name. They, all these media outlets, Golf Channel, the websites, and I used it way back when I've... What is big name? What does that mean? He's got a lawn name? What's a big name? It's the worst modifier ever. Like, is he... he it's It's... What does that mean? Big name. You're, it's the worst. They use that all the time. There's a lot of big names on the leaderboard. It's like top players, top stars. Like big name kills me. They should call um, them Tory okay, names. Names that would appear at the best events leaderboard. <laughs> so Spieth's injury is a big storyline. Not necessarily for me. I don't know. It's not moving the needle. But I did uh, appreciate all the breathless coverage of the range. And <laughs> the swing looked great, Johnny. His swing looked good, Bill. Like what? What, is, what do you know? What does that mean? Like who knows? It could be. I was- his limbs could be ready to fall off on the inside. I was rummaging around uh, Twitter and Jordan Spieth came up as trending for me. So I clicked into it and it was like, oh. it was just like a bunch of people like showing pictures of him at his practice round being like showing no signs yeah. of heavy wrist problems. You know, it's like, okay. So like just because he's not visibly wincing doesn't, it means that there's not a problem there. Like, you know, I think I'd imagine yeah. Like a lot of times with a wrist, it's kind of like you're just like it's a dull. It can be a dull pain, although like the way he described it is a shooting pain. Like I imagine that like it's more going to be about the next 24 hours after playing. Right, right. Also, um, and maybe going in the rough. I swear I've watched. I've read. I've listened. This feels like a throwback to like 20 some 2013, whatever, some major. 
where there's just guys that are like just thirsting and drooling to talk about rough. They're like rough, 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 rough. That's been like nonstop just rough talk for the first like two and a half days. That feels like a throwback major where you spend basically the entire first three days of a major talking about rough. It does seem corroborating your sort of, I don't know, crabgrass analogy, which I don't know works, but I know what you were getting at. You were on this first. It's a different kind of deal. It's a thick boy. It's a real thick boy uh, down there. If it's not high, it's thick. So it's short and short and fat, uh, waddling down there. Thick, thick, rough. A lot. Of, it's, it's a problem, and that could be a different sort of deal for Speed when he actually goes in there. Yeah, so. I yeah. I mean, it's uh, the rough. A, a lot of wing foot talk. Um, but so much. Wing let's foot just talk. like be real. There's a lot more like up and down than wing foot, which is going to deter some of that. You know, running up stuff because you're hitting the elevated targets i really think uh-huh. i think it's a it's a cross bef- between wingfoot and beth page i tweeted that yesterday um i heard john rom actually bring it up too uh today which was which was nice it was nice to hear uh hear like that compared corroboration yeah. from the number one player um but it, it's um the elevation changes is is what's going to make this a lot different than wingfoot um where you're going up um and down so I think with um, with that, I do think this is a high ball hitter. But the one other thing that I would say is like to keep an eye out is longer iron play, you know, because it does force you back a little bit in a few holes. And um, if you know, there aren't like a ton of wedges available outside of really like the par fives and one or two par fours, you're going to be hitting longer shots in more often than not, you know, even like the difference between a gap wedge and a nine iron is a lot. And, um, and then there's going to be some <coughs> longer iron shots on some of those long par fours, especially, especially on those cold mornings. Um, that's going to be, what's going to be super fun to watch is 11 and three in the morning. Like when it's, when it's 45 degrees and they got these 245, 230 yard par threes to these tiny greens, it's going to be, Gonna be, those are going to be must, must-see holes in the morning. Question for you. You said you're back home. I see coverage starts at 7 a.m. What's your plan there? It's 4 in the morning, West Coast time. You're up early. You're up very early, East Coast and West Coast time. But what, what are you planning to do? I, I usually I usually wake up at 5 okay. um, on okay. weekdays. So you'll hop in there. The, so I think I probably won't change that. I'll just I'll miss the first hour. Um Run, run! I run out to the shed and uh, get locked in. For the uh, day. One last thing on the field. Field notes: ninety nine on the top one hundred. You're talking about high ball hitters, lawn irons. You know, I had to do a, a preseason picks for this one pool I'm in, and I took Will Zalatoris for this pool, and I just I've got completely jammed here. It's a purse. It's like by money. I, I just wash my guy. I picked for PGA is out, but that's like a real lament. I would have loved to seen sort of Zalatoris of 2022 play this event so other than that everybody 99 of the top 100 are here um all right that does it for the field course we kind of hit on enough and you know where to find our course thoughts on that we got we've done a substantial amount on the golf course last bit so i will bring up carrie haig saying there's internal ob um is it six and seven i want to say you can't which one is it you can't play up seven if you're on six or is it vice versa I believe okay. so. I believe okay. that's the the thing. Those those two holes are going to be brutal. <laughs> like six, seven, eight, nine is such a hard stretch of holes. They're all they're monster par four after monster par four. I think you know. I think uh, off the top of my head, six and six and nine are like four sixty. Nine plays uphill significantly. Maybe nine might be four eighty. Um, and then seven and seven is really tight. You got to hit a really good tee shot there. And then eight's like four thirty uphill. It, that's going to be again, like this morning thing is going to be really fun to watch like morning off one. It's going to be brutal. I mean, like, I don't know how these PGA pros are going to get around. I think we're going to have, what was the guy's name? Oh, Hall? the guy at Hardy Park. Name, um, <laughs> Yeah, I Jeff, think we're going to have some situations. Yeah, I think it was Jeff Hall. No, that's the USGA <laughs> yeah. guy. It was Jeff yeah. something. 
Um, but they're, we're going to have some situations out there, I think, with like some PGA pros if they stretch it out. I hope they do. The morning is going to be like, you know, it's going to be kind of like Augusta National in the rain where we were seeing these guys hit like crazy long shots into 18. We're going to have some of that in the morning when the ball's just going nowhere when it's 43 degrees. It's going to be I just awesome. Can't get this image on that these guys just like slapping it like a ball hitting like a t- tuna fish can in the morning and 40 to just like <laughs> sl- just pain slapping it and they're going nowhere uh of course it won't be like that but it's what's popping in my head um all right should we do favorite tea times or you want to you want to hit an ad read for a new uh a new f- friend of the program new friend of the program echo golf shoes we're in the shoe game. We're in the shoe game. We've been in the shoe game before, but we are back in the shoe game with our friends from Echo. You heard me uh, at uh, Augusta National. Unplanned, unplanned activation. Now, I don't even know. I mean, these shoes, and this would speak to their quality. These shoes are 10 years old. I wore my Echo Air, Air Couples around Augusta National. Again, when it was you know particularly slippery and wet, I had my Air Couples around there. So uh, friends of the program, Echo, are getting on board uh, with the uh, – uh, the event of the week, the Echo event of the week. What do we have for that? What are you, what are you going with? Is that a tough decision this week? Oh, it's the PGA. I, I don't... Let me tell you something. <laughs> I can't stress enough with Echo is comfort. When I played oh. competitive golf, I always had Echoes for, for 36 whole days. They were earmarked. They were the shoes I was wearing when I had to walk 36 holes uh, in a day. You cannot, You will not find a more comfortable pair of golf shoes than Echoes. <clears throat> um and uh, that's it. That's I think like the big selling point of Echoes is that your feet matter. Like your lower body and feet are like the most important things in the golf swing, and uh, you got to take care of them. So buy some Echoes. Uh, you can go to us. slash golf to uh, peruse yeah. peruse and I, you know they're waterproof. That's that's critical to me. Your feet are going to be comfortable and waterproof. Uh, we can we can him and haw about whether traction's important. You know, I'm 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 not well, somebody that necessarily believes that traction's important in the golf swing. Maybe I just have good footwork. Yeah. But the uh, the thing about this is comfort and uh, and keeping your feet dry are important. And that's two things. Echo they've got, excels you know, I'm, I'm I'm overestimating here, but they've got like a bazillion styles. They've got a million styles. Yeah, a, a million styles. You go to us.echo.com.golf. Bunch of colors. Maybe and a more. Styles. They got more styles than ingredients in a garbage yeah, plate. They do. So you can pick and choose for what suits your needs uh, or your preferences. Ninety percent of golfers buy a second pair. Feel the difference because uh, you know they work. All right. Thanks to Echo for supporting the program. Let's do favorite tea times. We've done a little course, a little field. Favorite tea times released earlier Tuesday. Then we'll get into the quote roulette from uh, the press conferences. Um, favorite tea times. Who do you like? Or actually, let's lead it I, off with I'm an zero. annual. I'm zero. I'm zeroing in. I got a favorite what to lead it? off. What is? All it? right. I'm going six seven sixteen oh, a.m. Okay. I I'm in it for the 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 height spread. We got Higa, our guy, Kazuki Higa. 5'2", maybe, in the program. He's paired He's paired with Trey Molinax, oh, who's a big boy. He is a big boy. He's got a, Molinax has got to be 6'5". So we got a one-foot, three-inch spread. I mean, we got like a, a, a Giannis Brooks situation, maybe more so than a Giannis Brooks situation. That absurd. We need a picture of Higa and Molinax standby, uh, standing Side by hot side. We need the height spread <laughs> documented. All right. I like calling that all photographers on site. I need you this. just gave social media managers. That's not photographers. There's going to be catnip. <laughs> they won't credit you, but they're going to go and get the get that side by side. Uh, all right. What else? What else do you got that you like for uh, favorite tea times? <laughs> I mean, leading off, they're setting out their best. <laughs> what does that mean? We got Sean McKeel. Braden Shattuck and the Alker boy. I mean, they're really jamming Alker. They're putting him off at 7 a.m. It seems like they're sabotaging the senior, the senior tours dominant player here. Feels like Ta- Ken Tanagawa should have got an honorary exemption as the defending assassin of this uh, senior PGA, the kid that stand up at this Oak Hill. Yeah, I mean, 
You're sending the old senior citizen off at 7 a.m. Now, granted, he's probably been up for... Their bodies aren't going to be able to turn. probably been up for 4 a.m. Like, those those old people get up so early. They're like, yeah, they're up at 4 in the morning. I love that they're like 10 years older than you. And you're... I'm not that old. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, that is it. They are jamming them. All right. Another one I like. Or you know what? Provoked something in me. Not going in order here. Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, yes! and Bryson DeChambeau. And if I told you two, three years ago, how would you sort these guys' chances to win this week? And would you have had DeChambeau third and last among this group, Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, as I think you probably should this week? Listen, I I don't hate Bryson this week. No, I don't either. There's my take. I don't either. I think that I think he played well last week. And great players, they they turn around things quick. And I mean, I just think the golf course probably fits his game pretty well. And um I, a course that I think like obviously like completely different times, a course that actually I'd compare to this one is Ridgewood, the USAM host and Bryson yep. won there. I think that's actually like a good comparison of, of topography and just style of golf course. Um, what I was going to just say is like, could you put three, like that's a pairing of three um, players that just uh, prov- provoke. Yeah, that's true. Um, emotions yep. from people like they are just like provocative <laughs> players yes yes uh, so you would you would say De- i like dechambeau much more this week i mean it's been a wasteland for him since he won at Wayne like wasteland he had a top 10 at, at uh the old course but other than that it's just complete no show uh i guess tulsa is an inkling of, of some form of form uh but i keegan bradley jason day have been playing much much better golf which is a weird thing to have said you know a couple years ago that bryson might be the third best player in this group uh bryson had a great quote today all around the quote stuff talking about getting back in shape it's been a great process for me a couple years ago i was so in i was so inflamed with the body (laughs) it was not eating correctly relative to my sensitivities now, I got to know what that means. What is that word sensitivities carrying a lot of work there? I was not eating correctly relative to my su- sensitivities. What does that mean? It's just food was flying through them all day. I don't understand. I feel good and my energy level is really high. My recovery is a lot easier and I sleep better at night. Well, no shit. You're not just pumping yourself full of, you know, 18 protein shakes a day and you're able to eat better and you, you feel better. You're less inflamed. No shit. But he's, he's, you know, looks thin. He looks felt. So uh, what's another tea time you got? All right. I got the Husky boy, <laughs> Hoagie, my guy, Tom Hoagie, and uh, Ryan Fox. Good tea time. And I got this. I got this highlighted. There's three underrated players, eh? I got this highlighted mostly because of the Husky boy. I feel like going from the potential three-peat here is oh, similar to DL3 say. going from the yeah. Masters to Harbor Town. Could we see could we see him just he just primed for the wrong week? <laughs> that would be something. It's just I just put too much weight on uh, pressure on myself for the uh, Byron Nelson and then it just kind of matched up. The game matched up the next week. That's good. That's good. Um I like ZJ. What do you got? With oh, the kitty cat, the, the, yes, the, the scouting. Cup. They both the, the two the two Ryder Cup pairing. ZJ, yeah, well, well, who's Donald with again? I didn't write that one. He's with Yannick Paul, right? He's, he's got Yannick Paul and oh, Marunk. God. Total scouting. I love that missions. we're using a major this championship. The, just they, to... <laughs> well, this goes back to when DL three was with Cam Young and Zalatoris last year. It's like, do we? Re- do you really need to be inside the ropes <laughs> checking them out? Do you like? I mean, you can't. Well, do you need to be playing? To check them out, can't you just be watching? Like, doesn't that give you enough? Like, couldn't you just walk a practice round with them and see how see how their action is, and then monitor the results? Like, they act like. Do you think any decisions are ever made from a uh, from these guys playing with them? Um, 
potentially in the old days when it seemed like it was much more a less rigorous process and these guys would just fly by the seat of their pants some of these captains just good old boy. i played with him i'll never forget that attitude you know some of that stuff uh but no probably not in the modern era uh nevertheless zj is scouting the i guess the kitty cat in Tigala. <laughs> Now, do you think the kitty cat's going to be up there on the first tee at Marco Simone in three months, four months, as one of the 12 Americans? I mean, based off how he's playing? That would be amazing. The quadzilla or quadfather, whatever he is. Uh, the project. Another one I like is uh, the Burley Boy group. Uh, we've noted that Straka, McIntyre, and Harris English, who's Burley-ish, big boy, not 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 as as thick as the others another question i loved to rom in the press conference in effect was asking him like how advantageous is it to be a burly boy that's basically <laughs> what this person i think is a, a woman that was asking these questions is there an advantage or disadvantage to being as big as you are and it's like physical intimidation i think is what they were getting at i was like just ask him what's it like to be a burly boy is it good or bad and and he said you know it was mostly good except on you know ball below your feet Maybe we should do a Burly Boy documentary where we profile the the unique challenges and advantages that Burly Boys have on, on you know, in the golf we landscape. Get, you know, yeah. Michael Breed or somebody, uh, Luke Curdenine in analyzing Burly Boy swings and things like that. Um, all right. What's another one? But I have a buddy. I have a buddy who's insisted that like being burly with short arms is it's then impossible to make a bad golf swing <laughs> like that combo. Cause he's like, all you have to do is turn your body one way and turn it back through. And it, and it, you will never like get the club out of position. This is a player that is on a tour. Like really that good. Is, yeah. Has he like dirt literally dirt like it was one night after a few pops, complaining to me about how how unfair it is to be skinny with with long arms in professional golf. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um another tea time. Um All right, another tea time. I just got to wonder maybe this is the payback. Maybe this is what he signed up for when he got his special exemption years ago for being, you know, just getting a, the free handout exemption from years past. What did Ricky oh, do other than that to deserve tough, Phil and Cantley? And then the second question is: Is this is Phil going to spend the entire two days recruiting <laughs> Cantley over to to live? It'll probably be like yeah, make it because Ricky and Phil used to be pretty tight. They would play a fair amount of practice rounds. Um, yeah, he'll probably be you know preaching to Ricky about oh it's not as bad as you think it's great and then yeah pushing Cantley you know there was rumors of them having lunch and stuff together about it in the off season uh that is a tough job I can Ricky. see it seems to be that that Cantley and Phil would just g- jive together um both guys think they're the most intelligent person in the room at all times maybe they clash maybe yeah. that that's bad yeah, thing that you know be. That could be. Both guys go into a room with Goldman Sachs. And what was it? The Goldman not often, the Cantlay. Not often you get a room full of Goldman Sachs, but guys like, God, that guy was arrogant. Thought he was smart. Um, okay. Uh, what's another one you like? All right, I'll go. I'll go. Good, good group. Fun group to watch. Fleetwood, Cam Young, and Hideki. Um, sort of a, a oh. tea to green uh, show. I like that one. Not, not a jokey one. That's a fun one. Go ahead. I have, I have, in that vein, I have Adam Scott, Tony Finau, and Max Homa highlighted. Okay. I just looked at this one, and I fa- and I know, like, I think Finau is a wonderful fit here. Um, but those are three guys that aren't necessarily, like, first-page favorites. Right. Um, you know, I would put Finau in there, but I have the feeling at least one of them will be in the mix this weekend. Uh, I'm just curious which yep. one, right? Is you know maybe two of them could be, but I don't know how this is going to fit Max's game. Uh, I do like Adam Scott. I've I've been he's trending, and it just you know he's still he's plenty good tee to green, right? Yep, yep. Uh, it's a very obvious one. Fitzpatrick, Rom, and Cameron Smith. Don't think we need to say much more about that. That's a great, great last three major winners. Great group. Um, any others you have? That- 
Rory J. I mean, Rory, Rory to me is just the, um, so the interesting question for the tournament. Um, I think we, of the, of the really the big three players in the, in the world of golf right now, Rory, um, Scotty and, and Rom, I think Rory's the question mark. I, I have a hard time believing that he will play poorly in two straight majors given <coughs> just the consistency in majors over his career, even though he hasn't been winning. I don't think, I do not think he'll bomb out a second major in a row. I think that would be, um, I mean, that would be quite compelling if he did from a, uh, from a, you know, talking perspective, but you know, I think he's come in with a completely different attitude. Um, obviously a lot was made of his, uh, quite short, um, responses after a year of of lengthy responses on the subject matter of live just generally his uh his press conference disposition is so much different than we've seen in the last five years really with rory which i just like i don't know i felt like a lot was made of that i saw that the espn headline was outspoken mcelroy suddenly quiet on live golf and like the alternate headline be, could be Roy McIlroy decides not to give the same answer for the hundredth time to the same question for the hundredth time. Like that could also be the headline, but it's less incendiary. The outspoken McIlroy, he's suddenly piping down. I'm, I just think like he didn't want to answer the same question again. And just like, he, people know where he stands and know his opinion and know what he believes and thinks on these issues. And so he decided to do yes, no, and yes, I'll probably step away. It was like he was trying to make it. Somebody asked him, like, what he does, what do you do off the course? And he's like, eh, I don't even know. It, it, that was amusing. It seemed like he was purposely trying to use as few words as possible. Um, but I thought, like, the, the, the framing of it was a bit much. Didn't have much time for Alan Shipnuck's question about a crystal ball and, and – um, what golf will look like in three years, which I should say, like everybody else who was asked that and everybody else did seem to be asked that didn't either. Like Scott Shuffler's like, I don't know, man. Uh, Homa's like, I'm not a fortune teller. Like they didn't seem to want to indulge a lot of live talk today. Rory, I just thought it's it was tough. It's, uh, it's tough with uh, Alan's book coming up. Nobody's given him any answers, any am- ammunition. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a book deadline. He's working on. I, I feel like some people should, uh, should at least respect that. Everybody, you know, uh, anyways, I thought that was overhyped as uh, whatever the, the the Rory Prescott. I thought it was just a little overcooked, but people got their headlines from it. Uh, listen, I think I think it's a clear. I don't know. I don't know if this is true at all, but I, the way I kind of read into it is like, you know what? I've been spending too much time talking about things and I need to just go back to being a golfer. And that's what it felt like to me. Um, it felt like maybe, maybe he's trying to distance himself from responsibilities outside of his own golf game. That's what it felt like to I, me. He should. He's done the work. He's done it. And, and, yeah. I should. I'm not saying he I should. I would also say he was an ass kicker while he was doing that. He was, he was, he did played well last year. He was in all the majors almost. He won the FedEx Cup. He won. It was not long ago when he started this year. Putting Patrick Reed in a body bag in a pretty tense for by Dubai Desert Classic standards, pretty tense final hour. Like that was not long ago. I know we're focused on the Masters and others. It hasn't been good or his best, but you know I think it'll flip quickly. And um, while we're on the subject, I think it's like a little convenient for John Rahm. To just stand up there and say, like, oh, I love everybody. I still want to be friends with Phil. I make no judgments on anybody. I think it's uh, – I'd never had any opinion on any of this, and it's fine, and I've always loved everybody, and I just don't judge anybody's decision or life choices. Well, like, somebody had to do something or else the tour you claim to where you want to play wouldn't probably exist, or it would have, like, you wouldn't have been able to do what you're doing. So, like, it's easy – like he's kind of got a lot of cover here while he's number one in the world to not carry any of that stuff, but somebody had to do it. And now he's also I'm not like saying he's, he's being sneaky about it. He's he's, it's a convenient thing to say. Now somebody tiger Rory others didn't jump in there. 
like this tour he claims to want to support and where he wants to build his legacy might not exist. So it's easy to say now, I just don't judge anybody. I want to play with everybody. I still love Phil. I want to play practice rounds. I think he's getting getting a pretty good pass off that deal. Not to be too critical, but it was an interesting dichotomy from one to the next. All right, let's finish tea times. Wait, real yeah. real quick while we're on yeah. the subject. Yeah. We, we'll hit it. I, I, I found it amusing, Doug Ferguson... Um, <laughs> kind of peppered Scheffler. That's the that's yeah. and Scheffler that's was give, giving him nothing, and he and he goes, "What do you have opinion on?" Like effectively, I don't. What I don't are you think curious about? What are you curious like, about? Yeah, yeah. What are you curious about? <laughs> and it's because it's like every time Scheffler just know. stands up there, and you just get nothing out of him. There's nothing coming out of him. I mean, it's like a, it's like. It's like one of these youth sports training videos I have to watch before I do like, you know, religious CYO basketball. Have a good attitude, have fun, you know, worry about the process and having fun with a good attitude. That's what Scheffler, he just regurgitates that over and over again. Have a good attitude and have fun. Play well. That's what it is. And and he just won't give you anything. But um, nothing. He gives you nothing. Because I'm curious about a lot of stuff, but just not anything he's being asked about, I guess. Uh, last, last but not least, the tradition here: worst tea time, or unless you have any other good ones you want to go through. I got, I got a worst tea time queued up. I don't know how these guys all like. I could see how one or two of them are in. I hope we have I'm the just same shocked one. And David Lingworth, what? All yes, three, I had all it. Three of them are That's in the my, field. This was Lee so- Hodges. Callum Terrence. That's mine. Callum Terrence. It's so far and away. So far and away, the, the nominee. Usually there's a debate. Lee Hodges, Callum Terrence, and David Lindmerth. Now, it's not, it's kind of punting. It's not fair to take one with a PGA pro, in my opinion, for this award. Worst tee time. It's got to be three to our pros. Uh, but this is it. I don't understand. <laughs> Nothing moves me in no direction. At all. Irritation, critique, excitement. That's it. Worst tea time. Lee Hodges, Callum Terran, David Lindmare. Um, okay. We've done a lot of quotes, roulette. Um, oh, I had one more thing about field. Yeah. I noticed there's three Illini in the field, you know? Who is it? So I just got down, started counting. Well, they got Hardy, Dietrich, and Peters. Yeah. I hear there might be a schism in the Great Belgian connection. And what's that? The the, the pipeline or between Peters and Dietrich? Or yeah, the Thomas? greatest the greatest country duo that there is out there. The two two Thomases. What's wrong? I hear there might be. I hear that the live thing might have uh, might have ruffled some feathers. Well, you could see that being the might case. not be the best best of friends anymore. It's kind of sad. I I got sad about that. You could see that happening, right? I mean, they were asking Homa about Talor, and he was like, I mean, it's, he's playing good golf. What do you want me to say? Doesn't seem like they're maybe that close. I'm not saying they're enemies, but he didn't seem to want to talk a lot about Talor. Uh, that's too bad. Well, it got me. Kind of, do you know how many UGA players are in the field, Georgia boys? This is like the NFL draft. How many? Did you do the count? Nine. Okay. That I counted. I think I got it right. It could be ten. Okay. Next closest that I counted, I could. I, There's four Alabama and four ASU players, four uh, Oklahoma State guys too. But isn't that crazy? Nine that's UGA. It's a good amount. Hey, but and they aren't even that good of a golf school recently. <sighs> like they've been good, yeah. but they haven't been great. Right. You mentioned Thomas. Where are you with JT right now? Uh, or you mentioned Alabama. Where are you with JT right now? He had the big Monday press conference. Seems like, I, I, I don't know. I guess we don't need to do anything on him. But we had a good article from Chris Almeida on the website. I'm just curious, like, where he is on the career trajectory. He has not won now since uh, Southern Hills. He just goes in these bursts. Seems to be searching. I mean, if bit. you took Southern, Southern Hills, he backed into. A little bit. You know, <laughs> like. Like Beto Pereira just kind of handed that one over. I granted, like he played, he won, which is what matters in the record books. But like that was like by far, it wasn't necessarily a like uh, emphatic like JT great win, right? Yeah. 
Um, yep. There will always be a well, Vito <laughs> Pereira did this type aspect of that of that tournament. Um, I I I'm kind of optimistic. Like, where would I put him in my favorites? I don't I don't think I have him necessarily in my top ten, but I because he hadn't done anything all year. But I like what I saw last week. I mean, the guy is, is ranked. Like, I think he's outside the top 15 and he won a major in the last year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nuts for a guy like JT. Right. You know? Right. Um, yep. I mean, it, it's so I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the mix. Like, I think one of the things with, with the best players in the world is the bottom is never like, they're never, far from returning it's usually just one thing and something clicks and they're right back like these guys all these top players are irrationally confident like confidence isn't the issue it is you know and i think like that's the difference between a good player a lot of times and a great player is the overwhelming confidence like a good player is wondering if they can get it done a a great player the great players in golf know they can get it done and expect to get it done. And JT's in that bucket. Yeah. So it, if I think like Wells Fargo, he was good. Yep. Like, I don't think that was, um, you know, he's 13th in the world right now. He, was, he dropped down to 14th last. He moved up a spot, but it's just crazy that he's that low with a major. Yeah. Right. When you were talking about the bottom, I thought his quotes were pretty interesting. Like I play with Max Homa and it's like, as bad as we think it can be out here, like, I don't know, you listen to Max and talk about needing a birdie, like, five, last five holes just to get through KFT to get, a, you know, get a car. It's just, like, that was interesting. And Roy today, talking about the same stuff, about, like, lowering expectations, right? Not being ruthless. It's, it's a bad way to live. Maybe, like, some sort of quiet confidence. So, uh, that mental stuff is is kind of always laid bare at these majors. It's pretty interesting. You don't get that at... Um, Wells Fargo and stuff like that. So, who do you think is going to be the best live player this week? Sawan Kim. Um, I, I think DJ. That's a pretty like basic answer, easy answer. I think it's Dustin Johnson. It feels like Dustin Johnson. Feels like uh, obviously played well last week. Uh, there's some options: Brooksy, Cam Smith. I don't think it'll be Phil. I don't think it'll be Siwan Kim. But uh, DJ is. I'm most interested in Cam. Yeah. Um, but kind of up and just down in terms on live. I know. I I just I mean, at this time last year, like really in the next, you know, in the last year, we we thought he might be the best player in the world. Yeah. And um, I don't. I he played well last week, and uh, this isn't necessarily a great course fit. But that being said, if if a lot of people are missing greens and people get out of position, then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a place where somebody that wedges it really well could um, wedges chips and putts. Right. Yep. Um, so I think I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I, I think he might be a guy that I don't know, just based off of one one week. Uh, him playing well, I I feel like in a way I'm giving too much stock to Liv Tulsa because of what happened with Brooks last year, last I know. Uh, before the last I major. Know. It's tricky. I think that's like it's a really tricky thing about this whole whole situation. But um, but yeah. So I I think um, I I, I don't know. Brooks Brooks is an interesting one too, right? Yeah, this, of course. This course should play right into his. I mean, you could make an argument that like Brooks and DJ, in terms of course fit, like might be like two of the top five guys if they're like in terms of when they're playing well. Mm. I don't know. <clears throat> you know, Liv could have another good week. Yep. Uh, who needs a good result more, Patrick Cantlay or Max Homa? Like, and by good result, I mean like you are in in it in the final fifteen minutes. Cantlay, yeah. Cantley, without a doubt. I did this. Uh, I had this stat for the um, the fried egg preview with Ryan Labner, but um, like Xander and Cantley are getting way up there in in. T- so I I was curious because they've been they've been a fixture of majors for a long yeah, time, right? Really, They're like, always in the discussion of lead up. Yep. So they have 179 and 177 weeks in the top ten, respectively. 
Xander has 179 and Cantley has 177. <clears throat> that is like very, very high. I don't have it right up in front of me, but it uh it's like they're in terms of like active players, they're I think 15th and 16th for most weeks in the top 10. And then you look at active players who haven't won. And it's like Luke Donald, um, Ricky Fowler, and I can't forget. Oh, and Westy. And Westy's not really a, an active player anymore. <laughs> Luke Donald, I don't think you could really consider an active player. So these guys are like, and it's not insignificant. It, it, it used to be, I feel like we are coming out of a period where we didn't really have, everybody was getting them, and these young players didn't have enough time to where it's like this is the best player without a made best player without a major was an unfair thing to say totally. but i don't think we're there anymore i think that these guys have been there long enough like xander to his credit has had like we've entered a back nine with being like xander shoffley might win this like the open at uh that frank molinari won at troon yep. that was you know you you or was that carnusti carnusti Carnusi, you were like, "What well, Xander Shoffley's going to win at one point. Um, he had a boatload of those really Cantlay, from like Aaron Hills over like 2017 yeah. for, the, for the first few years. Xander. Cantley hasn't had that moment. So to me, Cantley is the one, like when you look at it, and this goes back to the debate of like, what's a star? He's not a star. He hasn't done shit in any of these. <laughs> He was notable at the he's last Masters for. Oh, not, he's like Michael Porter Jr. of golf for the wrong reasons. He was very notable at Sunday at the Masters uh, for for. The, yeah, I, I think he desperately needs. And when I say good result, I mean like you are in it in the last fifteen to twenty minutes of the tournament. Like not just you know you're a bystander or you 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 became T six in the last couple hours. So. Yeah, he, he it's it sits, suits up sits up well for him, right? I mean, this works well, right? What? Why would he do yeah. poorly at Oak Hill? They just had a bad. I mean, it's not game related, you know. I think one of the things Lavner brought this up on the pod um, when we were talking about it, but like Xander and Cantlay are kind of like worse versions of Rom and Scheffler. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Like they they do everything well, but they don't do really anything as well as as those guys do. So when you think about it that way, it's frustrating for them. I mean that's that's why they're not superstars, right? <laughs> that could change in like a year. I mean, Scheffler has done a lot in about fourteen months. So um, yeah, but when you look at their individual traits, right? I mean, I think with both. Xander and Cantlay, it would take like a monumental leap in approach play to where they're like one and two for me to get there because like they just like there's no way for the for them I just don't I can't foresee them getting to a driving apex that Rom's at for example yeah yeah where you're gonna he's they they can't. That's the thing with the way golf is played now, right? Is it if you're not an ultra elite driver of the golf ball, it's super hard to be an ultra elite superstar player. Yes. That's been and that if way you, for... it, it, that's where Morikawa Morikawa is like the exception because he is a like out of this world iron player. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So to me, that uh, they're like kind of the crux of the superstar argument, the f- right? The and why we should be yeah tipping point, yeah. Why we should be just like uh, cognizant of who we deem superstars. Like who's a superstar in the NBA? It's there was is there like seven guys? Um, probably eight I, guys. I'd say, yeah, maybe a few more. Like is is Jalen Brown a superstar? No. Yeah. Okay. He's a star. He's like he's an all star, which I think is like a very good player, but he's not. You know, it's like Tatum, Embiid, Jokic, uh, LeBron. 
Like, I think AD's on the fringe, right? When he's healthy, yeah, but he's not really available all the time. Yeah. So I think the same thing with with golf. It's just, you know, the superstar tag, I think we got to be careful of. And and those two guys are perfect examples. Like, even if they if they win a major, I don't know if my opinion really changes on them. Like, they're really good players, but they aren't generational players. Yeah, I hear you. I hear that. Cantley, I, I tried to go to the PJ Tour website, but it doesn't work. The website just doesn't work. Um, Cantley <laughs> and Shoffley, all-time money list, PGA Tour. Where would you guess? Did you, did you look this up recently? I don't know, 18 and 20? 22 and 24. Super close. 37 wow. million each. I mean, about. they're... Cr- it's kind of interesting. Like, um, Luke Donald, sandwich. I'm always fascinated. You just mentioned Luke Donald, 23, 22, 23, 24. Go ahead. Something I'm always fascinated about is, um, is how eerily similar Sergio Garcia and Adam Scott's careers yeah. are. Like, same generation player, similar attributes. And just like, if you just look at their careers, it's like you could make an argument who is better and it's like there's no right answer. Yep. With it's like the same things unfolding in a different generation with Xander and Cantley. Like you put their career accomplishments next to each other and it's just like I like Xander's career a little bit better, but I don't think Xander has the FedEx Cup that <laughs> that Cantley has. Right. And it's just like it's kind of wild like they're just they they entered the top ten in the world right at the same time. They both like, you know, I, it's Cantley obviously had the injury thing early in his career. Um, Xander was just kind of an unheralded guy that barely snuck into the PGA Tour, barely um, from the Corn Ferry Tour, Fun. and then went gangbusters. Yeah. It's like um, it's a it's a fascinating um little thing. Like I think it's the most interesting thing about those guys is yeah. is them effectively best friends. Um. And their careers attached at the hip. Similarities. Um, okay, more quotes. We did we did most everything. You know, Rory Rom. I thought PGA did theirs. I thought the Waz stuff was overblown last week, that article. It just didn't feel like he said much anyways. I don't know who spun that up into more than it was, but he was, you know, I, I thought filibustering and equivocating today, and, and as he should. I didn't think there was anything to take from that. But people were saying, you know, being confrontational in the press. I don't think he said anything of note, quite honestly. He's like, he doubts their model. He wants to invite the best players. He's not trying to exclude them. You know, he's tried to kind of corner it about being on the OWGR board. I don't think he gave us anything there. Um, I'd say the most interesting stuff was on the model local rule. PGA, don't sound eager to support the model local rule at all. Um, but they, you know, Kerry Haig. It reminded me. It reminded me of dodgeball when they're like duck, dive, dip, da- dash. Like what? Are, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like how many, how many, how many words can we use with saying nothing? Like saying basically, we really aren't excited. The other thing the ba- I loved is that is that Seth Waugh then talks and he's like, we love, we love that they didn't touch the local game, but we're quite concerned about our 26,000. I, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I, I was like, and he said, so you, so uh, you effectively said you didn't want anything done. I didn't understand that. He said that it's up to our members that they're going to have to be ones on the front lines enforcing. I was like, I don't know. Are they, what are they doing? Wait, really? Like, I guess there'll be some like elite competitions that maybe they want to use it for, but this is like primarily a, a, a tour thing or a, a U.S. open. Like, I didn't understand that part of it was uh, a, like the, the PGA pros are going to be the ones having to like enforce it or institute it is what he was they were just hemming and hawing uh carrie haig was incredibly uh uh you know non-answer and then wa gave us a little bit more to indicate how strongly they are against it without saying it really explicitly but my favorite was like they used the term they used the word comment eight times in about 10 seconds because we're encouraging well you know others can comment it's time to comment this is a commentary period uh, as Kerry Haig said, we're encouraging anyone. I think the USGA and RNA are encouraging everyone to make comments. Yes, Seth Wah, we've commented all along and we'll continue to comment. Just comment, comment, comment. And then Wah kind of went in and, and was like, you know, where does it stop and start policing another 28,000? 
having them be the policemen on that, we struggle with that a little bit. They wouldn't. Ha- I don't. I don't see where they'd be the policemen. I don't see that. So I thought that <laughs> was the like most more of a golf part. association policing. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. What they the the way it's set up, it's not like clubs and local courses are going to be playing with the tournament ball. Right. I don't understand what what the police what a club pro has to do. Honestly, like what. What burden does this present to Club Pro? None. It just gives them an extra ball to sell in their shop, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah. All right. I think, you know what? I'm going to sign off. We're going to do one and done picks here in a minute. I've been trolling oh, through. Oh, it's so smart. So smart to bury the, oh, the what everybody's podcast. Tuned, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, tuned in yeah. for. Everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat. Can I read a long quote? What we're doing, and you're from- just, just holding it. Last quote, Sean McKeel at a press conference. I don't know. Like, I get why he won there. I couldn't have been more than two people that went to that thing, but whatever. He talked. Honestly, I'm going to read it. It's a long quote. I found this to be amazing. I kind of opened it on a whim just to see if there was anything in there. This is an amazing quote, and I encourage everyone to follow me here. When I won that as a first... um, like I said, I was still in the process of learning to play high-level golf. He's talking about the 03 PGA. I had gone from getting on tour to, okay, I've kept my card a few years. I've been in contention. I've blown a few tournaments. Now it's time to get in and start contending. That's just the process that I felt like I had to go through. Then when I won one, when I won here, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, how in the world do I upstage what I have just accomplished? I think the way that I won, kind of the walk-off moment, it's like, what do I do? I struggled because it was the last major. I had a long time between the PGA and the Masters. There was a lot of interest in me and my story, my family, the birth of my child. There was just a lot of things. My personal personality is like, I don't like to be the center of attention. I want to be invisible. That I didn't enjoy the commentary. Some of the things that I heard afterwards, several writers wrote a lot of things. And I thought, well, that's not really wanted what I wanted to have happen. I just won a golf tournament. I didn't do anything special. Took me a long time personally to get over some of the things. And to some extent, 20 years later, I've still struggled with that. Trying to, I guess, every player wants to feel like they belong on that trophy. I just say, I think the guys that are on that trophy, they play for their place in the game, their legacy. And I suppose I just played to keep my job. I think that's really unfortunate. I look back and I'm like, that's exactly the way I played. I played like every shot was life and death and every round and every year that uh, year after that was either I was exempt or not. That just seemed to be what I was playing for. I have so much regret, I think, and not, I guess, seeking some advice from, say, a Dr. Rotella, Roteller or somebody. I made a lot of mistakes, and that's one of them. It was just tough. I look at my name on the trophy, and I'm proud of it. I really am. I started playing golf, you know, as PGA pro, he said. Uh, I've just tried to justify my name on the trophy, and I've tried to do that with my kids. They pushed me out the door. They encouraged me to play. But when you win... And then your expectations change and you become, I would say, driven by perfection. That was my undoing. I gave up some of my things that I was doing well and was managing my practice time and with a bunch of people. Um, so then I got hurt. I look in the mirror. I own everything. I look back and it's amazing what you kind of learn as an older person. And you're like, man, if I could just rewind, who knows if it would have been different. But I just did some things that I wouldn't do again. Anyways, sort of an incredible perspective. I know McKeel is, is kind of a... Easy target is a one-hit wonder. Uh, a one-hit, yeah, uh, wonder. It was just interesting perspective from someone I think, who popped on. I think what... Go ahead. That hits on what we were talking about earlier with with great players know yes. that they're going to play well like and expect to play well versus Sean McKeel. It, was, he, was he like a very good pr- winner? No, like in terms of it. He finished second at Medina. Yeah. At the PGA, like it wasn't like he never contended again. Yep. I think like that's the difference. What he said, like worrying Legacy. about his like livelihood yes. is the way most people think and play golf. And it's very true of even like good PGA tour players think that way and feel that way when they play golf. And that's the difference between the great players, the like all timers that are just complete freaks of nature who who don't ever think that way and i think that's the the really fascinating thing i i love that quote yeah it was pretty good the one about the guys that are on their trophy versus like playing for legacy versus me just playing to keep my job it's really unfortunate that i look at that that way 
though. Maybe he's gone into that before. I know John Feinstein wrote a book on the you know, three majors. You know, Feinstein could squeeze a 400 page book out of somebody watching paint dry. Like, so that may be in that book. Uh, but it was really interesting to hear McKeel uh, like that. Oldest player in the field this year. All right, let's do our one and done picks. Who do you like this week at Oak Hill for the PGA Championship? What do you like, Andy? I'm going out on a limb. Oh, Rom or Scheffler? Who do you got? I got Rom. Have you not I'm used not, him? I always no. I always talk myself out of like who I decide I want. And this happened at the Masters. I went with Rory instead of Rom. I'm not doing it again. Although I had this like this real late push that I should take Scotty. <laughs> just something that's <laughs> like it just feels like Scotty. And I got this late push. Um I'm not I'm not doing I'm I'm taking Rom. I'm sticking with it and um I'm I'm making my bed on John Rom Island for the week. Um uh, my problem is I have no idea who I've taken and who I have left at this point on this little that's good. this little bit. Um I'm going to take Max Homa. No, oh. I'm going to take Adam Scott. I'll take Adam Scott. I'll switch it up. I just I like that pick. I like Adam Scott a lot. I, I think I've used like Rob Scheffler, Cantlay, all those guys. Cameron Young I've used. Uh, I would love to take Zalatoris if he were healthy, but I'm going to take Adam Scott based on current form um, and Tita Green game there. So those are one and done picks. We will have our daily podcast coming through, coming to you Thursday after the first round and all the way through. Daily newsletter, sign up for that. Club TFE. We have a great Architects Roundtable coming, uh, I think, probably on Wednesday at this point. Uh, but yeah, yeah, sign up for Club TFE. You did a whole-by-whole whole video, one notable thing, architecture. That's in Club TFE. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Some of the Donald Ross shirts uh, in the pro shop. Uh, it's going to be a great major. We're, we're fired up for it. So thank you guys for your continued support, uh, You know, indulging our nonsense. Uh, we're going to have fun this week. Thank you. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.